For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of Topic Thunder Podcast. Today, I'm your host, Dylan Huntzinger, at Thunder Chats. I'm joined by a couple members of my unit. First of all, in Seattle, Washington, we got my boy, Stephen Dolan. Stephen, what's cracking, man? Hey, just really excited, man. Let's get into this. All right. In North Carolina, we got Matt Tyranny. Tyranny, what's cracking? How's it going? Super excited to be here. Maddie Moles in Omaha, Nebraska. Maddie. A little cold out, but it's uh, the best Monday I've had in a long time. So let's do this thing. There we go. And in the state of Oklahoma, we got Jerry Stevens. Jerry. Yo, I'm just holding it down to the 405. Excited to have AD on. Let's go. All right. Way to bury the lead there, Jerry. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, joining us today is a very special guest. He hails from Columbus, Ohio, played college basketball and graduated from Bowling Green Falcons, where he was the Mac player of the year in his senior season. He was drafted as the number four overall pick to the Vancouver Grizzlies. He has played for seven NBA teams in 13 seasons. He won an NBA championship with the San Antonio Spurs in 1999. He is now an analyst on NBA radio for SiriusXM and an analyst for Fox Sports Oklahoma for your Oklahoma City Thunder. He was one of many ankles taken by Allen Iverson. He has Colin Cowherd's head mounted above his fireplace. He follows me on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, with great excitement, I introduce to you the most loved AD in sports right now, Antonio Daniels! (laughs) Woo! Man, that, that was a very, very long introduction. And for the guy that's in Nebraska, uh, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, yeah, I'm in San Antonio, Texas. Two days ago, it was 91 degrees. Uh, Just you know, throw hey, it out it's, there. Tough, <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> life. Someone's got to yeah, do it, right? That's not here nor there. I just thought I'd let you know that. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's Brother, right. It's flexing all on us a little bit, AD. <laughs> <laughs> all right, AD. Well, hey, we're going to get right into it, man. Um, first of all, uh, you know, obviously, as we cover, you're an NBA player. Um, as as you got into your NBA player, at, coming out of Bowling Green, you was a number four overall pick. Um, describe what the whole draft experience was like to you. Um, man, the draft experience was surreal because coming from a mid-major school, that's something that doesn't happen very often. And and what I mean by doesn't happen very often, I mean it doesn't happen where you're taken in the top five. If you're not from Kentucky or Kansas or um, one of the, the, the bluegrass schools, you know, um, I'm from Bowling Green, you know, I'm Bowling Green State University. Seriously? You know, that's in the Mid-American <laughs> Conference. And we have some really good players. Wally Zerbiak, uh, Bonzi Wells, Gary Trent. You know, so we had a really good league, but that's not a league that's known for pushing out, you know, lottery picks like that. For, for, mm-hmm. So for me at that time, 
to go fourth overall in the draft when that was a dream my entire life was not to go fourth in the draft, but just to have an opportunity to make it to the NBA, you know, still to this day, I can look back on that day and still remember it like it was yesterday. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. Um, and just uh, just before we get into the Thunder stuff, I just want to ask uh, one more thing. Um, you know, we mentioned that you're an uh-huh. NBA analyst now. Uh, just wanted to mm-hmm. ask, what's something that we probably didn't know about? You, you could pick one. Wesley McCaslin, Michael Cage, or Chris Fisher? Oh, man. Uh, I- I'll give you two of them. Okay. Michael Cage can still hoop. Yeah, like he talk about the church league and every time I go to Oklahoma, actually I tell him all the time, it's not a league. A league is where you have teams and you keep records and it's, it's not a league. It's a group of guys that get together at a church and play. But with all that being said, Michael Cage can still hoop a little bit. He can still <laughs> play, man. And with Leslie McCaslin, Leslie McCaslin possibly has the best sense of humor of any female I've ever met in my life. She is such a joy to work with. So the Leslie that you guys see on TV of her laughing and dancing and doing all this other stuff, that is not for television. That is exactly who Leslie is. She is the ultimate joy to work with side by side as an analyst. Hey, I believe yeah. it, man. Yeah, man, she's a lot of fun. Um, I, I really enjoy her on the yeah, broadcast and uh, on Twitter even. She's a lot of fun. Um, I think we're all really jealous of, of the life you get to live hanging out with these NBA players. Uh, speaking of which, you're going to have a new one that you'll get to talk to here in a little bit, right? Uh, big news in Thunder Nation with the news from Sham Sharania that Markeith Morris has agreed to sign with the team. Um, hasn't happened yet. Shameless plug, right. I, I wrote an article about his fit on Thunderous Intention. <laughs> Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna put it out there, uh, and, and so I, I just want to know what kind of impact do you see him having on this team as the new addition out of Kansas? Well, one of the things I learned like years ago is is you don't really I'll t- I'll answer the question, but I'm not a big fan on talking about things until it's on the dotted line. Mm. You know, like yeah. I, that's just that's just me, and until this deal is finalized. Like, I'm, I'm on board with Marquise Morris being a member of the Thunder, and I think he's a great fit, if indeed he does sign. I have to put the if indeed out first because you never know what happens. But what Marquise brings to this team, first is toughness. I don't know if you remember Marquise Morris in Phoenix and, and in Washington, but he is a tough you-know-what. He don't back down from nobody. <laughs> so to put him alongside a guy like Steven Adams, who is tough and backs down from no one. I love it. I love his skill set. I love his ability to stress the floor, shoot the three, his versatility. I am excited about this signing when and hopefully it does happen. I think he is a perfect fit for what the Thunder need right now. So, A.D., hypothetically, if Markeith Morris signs, Uh let's let's just say hypothetically, who do you think okay. uh, he's going to – whose minutes do you think he's going to take? Is it going to be Woo! mostly Patrick Patterson? Do you think it will be a little bit of Nerlens Noel? Who are you thinking? I, I don't – you know, I think it ultimately depends on matchups of any mm-hmm. particular game. I think it's tough. It's tough to take Nerlens Noel's minutes because he provides mm-hmm. something for this team that no one else does. And anytime you have a skill set that no one else can really bring at the rate that you bring it, it's tough to replace you. So mm-hmm. I think it's tough for him to replace Nerlens Noel at the center position. But depending on who you play, 
you can put him at the four and put Jeremy Grant at the five, vice versa, depending on matchups. Mm. But if you look at it, he's more of a stretch four. He's more of a guy that you play at that four spot. And I don't like playing the coach role, saying, well, I think, you know, but if there's somebody that he has to replace as far as minutes is concerned, I would think that it would have to be Patrick Patterson at this time, at this time. But Patrick Patterson has been there for almost two years now. So there's a chemistry that comes along with Patrick Patterson that Marquise Morris has to get down in a very, very small amount of time as well. All right. And AD, thank you for just, you know, making us sweat a little bit there about the possibility <laughs> of Marquise Morris not joining the team. No, no I'm, not, I'm not saying it like that, but it, it, it's um, – it's tough to it's tough to to kind of comment on something that hasn't really happened yet. Yeah, you know what right, I mean? Like right. if he has something on the dotted line, then we can throw hypothetical out the door and talk about how he really impacts his team moving forward. But that's one of the reasons that we didn't we haven't I haven't even really commented on Marquise Morris yet. I haven't tweeted about it. We haven't spoken about it on the broadcast because it's yet to happen. And until it happens, it's almost like, okay, I know what Shams put, I know what Woes put, and I take those guys' word to the bank, but until that player actually signs on the dotted line, we gotta wait and see. But I'm expecting him to as well. <laughs> All right, guys, you heard it here. That's that's the first thoughts on Markeith Morris and Antonio <laughs> Daniels. News. Breaking news. <laughs> no, I think we all get that, and I think that what we're all hoping and assuming is that they're just dragging it along as long as they can to try to save a couple hundred grand on the back end when they wait another week to sign him. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Right. I mean, you would you would assume that the moment that the Thunder resume practice, that hopefully he signed in. Hopefully, because you want to get him as much practice time as you possibly can, because in this last third of the season, your practice time is going to be cut short because you really don't want to risk injury going to the playoffs. So any opportunity you have to get him in and incorporate him and get him some some practice reps up and down with the starting five and also with that second unit with Dennis Schroeder and those other guys, you know, you need to do it. All right. So I got another question about PG personally. Um, okay. We all know what he's been doing. We see it. You talk about it. So we all know. But by the end of the season, what is it going to take for PG to win the MVP in your That's true opinion here? That's a great question. That's a great question. That is a great question. I, I don't know. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because, like, James Harden, what he's doing right now, and I have Paul George ahead of James Harden. But James Harden is doing something historic. He's doing something historic right now, you know, with the 30, 30 for 30, you know, 30-plus games and 30 points or more. I, I, I completely understand that. Paul George is playing both sides of the ball and dominating both sides of the ball. The one guy I have Paul George in – Really, I would have to say second place right now is Giannis Antetokounmpo because his team is in first in the Eastern Conference, and he's putting up gaudy numbers. So it's not like he's putting up useful numbers and he's doing this on a bad team. He's doing this on a really, really good team, and his team is first in the Eastern Conference right now. I can I can attest to that for now, but I'm a homer. Hey, we, we should so have hard PG. enough for him. <laughs> <laughs> So the next question I'll go from talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. I said at least you don't have James Harden over him. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Definitely not. Oh, definitely not. And, I, and I, you know what? As a former player, I do appreciate what James Harden is doing. 
I, I really do. Because it's not easy to do, regardless. When you're the first name on that board that every team is scheming to try and stop, and yet you still go out and put up 30 points a night, that is not an easy thing to do by any stretch of the imagination. The skill set that comes along with that and just the endurance. The endurance it takes to do that on a night-to-night basis is not an easy thing to do. I respect it wholeheartedly, but I respect what Paul George is doing full circle. Heck yeah. So transitioning from one of our superstars to the other, uh, the king of the prairie, um, the do-it-all, triple-double machine, uh, Russell Westbrook, somebody who has been uh, maybe mischaracterized in the media, but guys in NBA circles seem to love him. Um, and yep. A lot of that, I think, has to do with maybe his growth. Would you be able to talk about some of the growth and maturity you've seen in Russell Westbrook as a person, a leader, and a basketball player? Well, the, the real growth that I've seen in Russell this year is his ability to recognize certain situations. Meaning, when Kevin Durant left, Russell Westbrook understood that he had to be Superman every single night. This team did not stand a chance without him putting up gaudy triple-double numbers. So now, when you get Paul George, who's now extremely comfortable because he doesn't have free agency hanging over his head anymore, you get Dennis Schroeder, a guy that is actually a starting point guard that you have coming off your bench. You have guys that can really get cooking mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. And with Russell, like it's like I've watched him do things this year I've never seen him do before. So I watched mm-hmm. him in the second half of games take four shots or take five shots because Paul George has had it going like he did in Brooklyn or like mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder did in Golden State. So when those guys have it, have it going, just to take a back seat and say, you know what, man, I realize I don't have to be Superman. I'm still going to facilitate. I'm still going to rebound. I'm still going to defend. But it's not about me scoring all the time. It's about these other guys having the opportunity to bring us home because the better they are, the better we are as a team. That's where I've really seen the growth and maturity of Russell Westbrook. Hey, absolutely, mm-hmm. man. And, I, you know, I think we're seeing it really as each game goes on um and so right. hopefully you know that continues to be something that continues to trend the rest of the season um but ad surprise surprise you're pretty popular in the thunder community and uh, we actually reached out to some people um on twitter reddit and our anchor app to ask you some questions so uh i i've got okay. a couple on the anchor app they can actually leave you a voicemail so i'm going to play a couple voicemails for you to answer if that's all right with you yeah all right here we go Let's go. Hey, boys. It's Clint here, a.k.a. The Shredder Tree. Hey, i got a question for you, mate. Uh, the Aussies are taking the NBA by storm these days. Uh, you played with a certain Aussie back in 99, a legend of Australia, Mr. Andrew Gaze. What was it like being on the <laughs> uh, same team as the great one? All right, boys. Thank you. And thunder up! <laughs> yeah, and that's that's Clint from Australia, the self-styled Shredder Train, which is a nickname we okay. some of us like. <laughs> okay, but to answer his question, the guy he's talking about is Andrew Gaze, mm. who was a, a legend in, in Australia. But Andrew was a hell of a player, too. And by the time he came to San Antonio, he was really on the twilight of his career. 
So he wasn't the same Andrew Gaze that, you know, had, was in Australia. But he was still a really good shooter. And more importantly, he was a great teammate. Andrew was a great teammate. So that, that's really the memories that I've had of Andrew Gaze. Like, he was a heck of a player, and we all knew his resume before he came to San Antonio. But when he came to San Antonio, regardless of the situation or circumstance, Andrew Gaze was always that guy that was going to be there to lift you up. Fantastic teammate. Great dude. All right. All right. Well, we got a – looks like we got three more voicemails, and then we'll get into some Twitter questions. Uh, this one's from Evan McDaniel. Okay. Hey guys, it's your main man, former Alex Sabrina Stan, Evan McDaniel. And my question is, well, Billy's got some flack over the past couple of years for not being great at in-game adjustments or halftime adjustments. But this year, the third quarter seems to be the Thunder's best quarter. And the game just seems to get better and better as it progresses. So... What do you think Billy's done, or how do you think he's handled these halftime adjustments this year? Anyway, thanks for my question. Bye. And actually, to add a little bit of context to that, the Thunder are currently fifth in the league in third quarter scoring at a plus 5.2 net rating. Uh, okay, well, first, why did he say former Alex Sabrina's fifth? <laughs> Because he's not in Oklahoma City. <laughs> we should not loyal, AD. These young ones. We'll talk, Man. We'll, talk to, we'll talk to him, AD. We'll give him a stern, stern uh, talking to. Hey, the struggle is real. <laughs> <laughs> but to answer his question, um, you know, I've said this about Billy since he's got here. The one thing fans will never truly understand is how hard it is to coach a star player in his free agent year. And three years ago, Kevin Durant was a free agent. Two years ago, Russell Westbrook was a free agent. Last year, Paul George is a free agent. Mm -hmm. This is the first year that Billy Donovan has had an opportunity to coach his team without walking on eggshells with one of his best players. So now you can see him coach a team that is really conducive to the style of play that he wants to play because now he doesn't have to worry about catering to anyone else. Paul George is here. Russell Westbrook is here. Jeremy Grant is here. Steven Adams is here. Dennis Schroeder is here. So your foundation for the future is laid. Now you can worry about building on what you have as opposed to worrying about what next year will bring. Will this guy be here? Will Kevin Durant be here? Will Russell Westbrook be here? Will Paul George be here? Will um, Andre Robertson? All these different guys that you had to be concerned with in the past are here now. Now Billy has to worry about nothing else but in-game adjustments and coaching. Yeah, not only are they here, they're bought in, right? That's that's how it right. seems like they're they right. are bought into his system. Right. Yeah, and you got Agreed. your core locked up for like the next two years. So I mean that's that's mm-hmm. huge for continuity and you know just chemistry, which we're seeing in full effect and, and, and each game. And the thing is, that's huge for a coach. That's huge for a coach in general. Yep. Like it's so different when you don't know what those guys are doing. Look at the situation that's going on in New Orleans now, where you don't know what your star player is going to do. 
or look at the situation that's going on in Golden State. All you hear about is Kevin Durant. Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Kyrie Irving, if he's, is he coming back and he's not coming back? So now what you have to do when you're those respective franchises is kind of cater to those guys because you want to do everything in your power to bring those guys back. Yeah, AD, real quick while we're on the subject. Uh, so being a former NBA player, maybe you have some experience in this, but if you were on the Pelicans right now and you were a teammate of uh, Anthony Davis and you, you know, this whole uh, situation happens, how would you feel? Would you, would you kind of feel upset about him? Would you feel betrayed? Would you want to, you know, no. what, would, what would be your feelings on this? You know, let, let's be honest. Anthony Davis isn't wrong for what he said, but he's wrong for his execution. Because what he basically said was, I'm not with where this team is growing in the future. Okay, let me, let me give you an example. If I signed a three-year deal, like the Dallas Mavericks did with Harrison Barnes, they signed a deal with him, he still had a year and a half left on his deal, and they dealt him. So right. basically it's like, okay, if you're not developing at the rate we want you to develop as a player, we move you. As a player, if that organization is not developing at the rate that you feel they should be developing, you should have a right to move also. I'm not with what he said. I'm with the execution and the timing of asking for that trade. Because you don't strong arm another organization 10 days before the deadline and say, we, you, we need you to make a decision right now. No, you wait till the summertime, just like Kyrie Irving did. You wait for the summertime, just like Kawhi Leonard did. But he put himself, or should I say Rich Paul, put him in a situation where <laughs> if he wasn't moved, if he wasn't moved, now it's uncomfortable for everyone involved. So it's uncomfortable for your teammates. It's uncomfortable for the coaching staff. It's uncomfortable for the fans. It's uncomfortable for the owners. The other day against the, the Thunder, Anthony Davis left at halftime. He left. That was he crazy. Left the building. Because that he didn't went get to go news. get an MRI. Yeah. Right. Didn't get enough, but the right. thing is, right. But that speaks to the or that that speaks to everything that's going on down there. So if I'm the Pelicans, I have to do what's in my best interest, and what's in my best interest right now is sitting Anthony Davis for the remainder of the season. All right. Well, hey, speaking of. Uh... Um, well, no, not really speaking of anything. <laughs> I just have another voicemail. I, I was trying to transition, but I just couldn't find some. Okay, speaking of some, another elite defender, we have a question about Andre Robertson. There you go. I knew it was there. There he goes. We found it. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Daniels. Um, I'm a huge fan of your work, and I'm very thankful for this opportunity. I was curious how you think the Thunder will handle Andre Roberson when he returns from injury. Will he play a few minutes in the rotation, play for the blue for a little bit? And when he returns to 100%, do you think he'll be just as important as he was pre-injury? Or if it'll be in the Thunder's best interest to move on from that salary? Um, this is a tough one. But I honestly feel that if you're the Thunder, the last thing you do in this situation with Andre is rush him back. That's the last thing you do. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, me, myself. I don't know. I'm not sure, and I don't want to be, like, quoted on this, like, well, Antonio Daniels said he wouldn't. That's not what I'm yeah. saying. What I'm saying <laughs> is I'm not, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if you even risk, and risk is the big part here, if you risk bringing Andre back this year. Yeah. I'm not sure if you do, because you have to understand the amount of games that you have left. You have, what, 20 – 24, 25, 26 games left, whatever it may be. 
So now, if he doesn't come back now, maybe he comes back with 13 or 14 games left. When you have spent the majority of the season building chemistry together with the eight or nine guys that you have in there. So I'm not sure. And then the last thing you want is for him to injure himself and be out longer in the summer or, or this to be a, a lingering issue that continues year after year after year. The most important thing with Andre right now in this Thunder organization is making sure because of the setback that he had, that when he does return, that he is 100% healthy, not 80, not 85, because his team is playing well right now. So you don't want to risk the chemistry, but more importantly, you don't want to risk his future and his career either. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, that, that's kind of been a question that is lingering in Thunderman's mind or Thunder fans' mind throughout the season. And it, it, it right. just like you said, it's a touchy subject because anytime it seems like Dre's on his way back, he has another setback. And, you know, right. just like you said, you know, you don't want to rush this guy back. And we know what he can add to this team. But, I mean, you know, for any, all that's been watching, this team is actually pretty good so far without him. Right, but I, I don't, I don't want to like this team is good without him, but they'll be better with him. Yeah, yep. for sure. They'll, they'll definitely be better with him because the more that you can build a team that's long, athletic, that can defend, that can run, and that has speed to compete against the Golden State Warriors, the better off you are. The mm-hmm. more guys you have on your team that are in between that six foot five to six foot eight, six foot nine range that you can put five guys out there to compete against the Golden State Warriors, the better off you are. The more options you have, the better. The more bodies you have to throw at a Kevin Durant, the more bodies you have to throw at a Clay Thompson and a Steph Curry, the better off you are as a team to compete against that that dynasty that they have down there. No, we've for sure seen that work with these high tier, you know, top tier teams. So uh I know I'm excited about it. I know the rest of the guys are. You sound excited about it, so. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm excited about where the Thunder team is. Like, it's wild because I'm a guy that I don't really – I'm not a a, a prisoner of the moment. So if they have a big win, I'm not going to come on there and say, you know what, man, they're going to win the championship. You know, that's just not (laughs) – that's not me. I'm more the guy – I'm looking long-term. And where this team has come – where Terrence Ferguson has grown to the point where in the beginning of the year, the majority of Thunder fans are hitting me on Twitter and telling me, oh, Billy needs to sit that guy down. He doesn't need to play anymore. What's Terrence Ferguson doing out there? And to watch the progression that he's made, to watch the progression of Jeremy Grant and Deontay Burton and some of these other guys that can really contribute come playoff time, I'm excited about where this team is. I really am. With Russell Westbrook doing what he's doing, Paul George playing at an MVP rate, man, I, I tell you what, if I'm another team in the West, especially the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> I feel like the way this, this, Golden, this Oklahoma City Thunder team is constructed, this team right here, the way currently constructed, is the best matchup for the Golden State Warriors out of everybody else in the West by far. Great. Right, I got me fired up. Right, because not only do we have guys you can throw out, we don't have many guys you can't throw out. <laughs> but the, yeah. you know, yeah, but you know what the difference is though. Now there are everybody on that floor for the Oklahoma City Thunder, from Russell Westbrook to Paul George. You can put Dennis Schroeder out there. 
Terrence Ferguson, Deontay Burton, all these perimeter guys that you have. Marquise Morris, you have to guard them. Dennis Schroeder, you have to guard him. So there's nobody in that starting lineup that you can hide Stephon. If you're playing Houston, there's nobody in that starting lineup that you can hide James Harden on and say, you know what? Hey, just relax on defense because we need all you can give us on offense. You got to put somebody out there that's going to defend along with a team that has three guys on that roster right now that can give you in between 30 and 40 points on any given night. So we're, we're really excited about the Thunders, uh, you know, their, their potential and what things look like going forward. But on March 20th, we get a chance to reflect back on the past and, and look at uh, Mr. Thunder and what he has contributed to the organization. Um, there's been a lot of news that's gone on with Kevin Durant wanting to make an appearance there. Do you have any insight insight on how Kevin Durant got the uh, invite for that night? Was it initiated by Collison or the organization, or did Kevin Durant reach out? Uh, I, I don't. I would assume. I would assume that the thing about the thing about Sam Presti and his OKC organization—they're a very classy organization. Mm-hmm. Top to bottom. So I, I would assume, I, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure, but I would assume that because Kevin Durant was a teammate of Nick Collison's, that they extended the invitation out to him. They extended the invitation out to me. And I was a teammate of Nick Collison in, San, I mean, in, in Seattle. So, and that was for two years. And I'm sure they extended uh, an invitation out to Kevin Durant. The thing is this, I, I, get, I get people's beef with KD. I get it. But sometimes, you know what, man, guys are, are not concerned with the white noise. They're concerned with celebrating something bigger and better than what they have going on. And for me, I know with Kevin Durant coming back, I think it's cool that he's coming back because he's celebrating mm-hmm. one of his teammates. He appreciates the, the effort, the intensity, the knowledge that Nick Collison brought the same way I did. When I played with Nick, Nick is one of my favorite teammates I've had because he was so intelligent on both sides of the ball. And that, like I said, I only played like because one year he was hurt. The next year we actually played together and we came off the bench together. So I played a good amount of time with him. And I know if I can appreciate what Nick Collison brought after one year, regardless of Kevin Durant and the decision that he made, he can appreciate all that Nick Collison brought for the time they spent together as well. Well you can't hear it, but my head is nodding uh, very aggressively up and down <laughs> with everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> you look like we're in church right now. <laughs> Preach it. Preach. <laughs> All right. Well, AD, um, you know, once again, thank you for coming on. Um, you know, we, you know, due to time, we're going to go ahead and jump to rapid fire. Um, you know, in the, I guess the, uh, the nature of rapid fire. I'm just going to ask you a question. Just, you know, one word, one sentence, or, Hey, if you want to go off and just explain everything <laughs> to me, take it away, man. But, so here we go. You know, these rapid fire questions are always super tough, man. Cause I always got to, <laughs> they're meant to be rapid fire, but they never are because yeah. I always got to sit and think like, Oh man, <laughs> let me think about this. Let me think about this. I, oh my God. Okay. Let's go. The fire, right? Let's go. Yeah, right. let's get it. Here we go. Last song you listened to. Oh, man. It was with my daughter in the car. And it was uh, uh, Agony on the Disney soundtrack, I believe it is. The Beauty and the Beast, I think it is. 
Agony. Nice. I was hoping for Baby Shark, but we'll take it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, we have an eight-year-old, an eight-month-old son. We play that song for him all <laughs> the time. He loves it. Actually, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty pleasures. I understand. All right. Last yeah, movie we've seen. Oh man. Um. Creed two. Ooh. No, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was not Creed 2. Oh, my gosh. What movie was this? Hold on. Let me see. Um, the movie with Kevin Upside. What's it called? The Upside. Yeah. The Upside. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. The Upside with Kevin Hart. Okay. And Yep. And Brian Cranston, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, that, that, that was a good movie. Yes. Yeah. All right. Last book you've read. Um, the last book I read would have been a, a devotional with me and my wife. So essentially it's a devotional that leads you to the Bible. So I guess I would say the Bible. Mm. Dang. All that's right. a good that's a good one. <laughs> yeah that that that's a good book to to go to there, man. Bestseller. All right. Last T V show you've seen. Uh Martin. Oh. Love it. Ooh. That's probably my favorite show of all time. That's probably my favorite show of all time. I, I can I don't care what time of day Martin is on. I, if you only knew how many Martins I have DVR'd, I love the show Martin. <laughs> that is awesome, man. All right, this one's kind of random, and uh, is it might take a little okay. thought. Which shoe goes on first, left or right? <laughs> oh Lord. Um, <laughs> man. man, hey, you know what? I'm I'm a I'm a tweet at one of you guys tomorrow and answer that question when I put my shoes on in the morning. Can you right now? Could you please no send a idea. video? Not a clue. Could you please send a video of you uh, putting your shoes on and then send it to OKC Topic? <laughs> Man, I, I can. That's a great question. Do you guys know the answer to that question for yourself? Though? I do. Left. I'm a left. Yeah, mine's yeah. right, 100. percent Whichever, whichever one's closest. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> um, well, shoot. Shouldn't it be the same distance apart? How <laughs> <laughs> you putting shoes on? Ideally, ideally, yeah, ideally. Yeah. Hey, hey, Thunder fans. Um, which, whichever shoe. Hey, Thunder fans. Whichever shoe he puts on first, he puts them on one at a time, just like the rest of us. There you go. Ain't the truth. Ain't that the truth? Now I feel bad because I don't know the answer to the question. Hey, if you tweet at OKC Topic Thunder tomorrow, we'll forgive you. I'm going to try to remember that. I will try and remember that. All right, I got you. All right, this one should be easier. Favorite color? Um, it's it's like a like a bone color, almost like an off white. All right. Okay. I wouldn't expect it. That's awesome, though. It's clean. It's clean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your favorite basketball player before you were drafted. Oh, that's easy. That's easy. That would be my brother. Easy. Um, yep. Easy question. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right. Your favorite player now. Uh, my favorite player now to um, uh, my favorite player now to watch. Yes. Active, active player. Yeah, active player. I'm sorry, I should have specified. Hey, hey, you know what, man? It, it, it's two guys I really, really... I, I love to watch guys play both sides of the ball. 
I love watching Paul George play. I really yeah. do. I love watching Paul George play. And um, i tell you another one. I love watching play. I love watching Drew Holiday. Oh. Mm. You and my wife would get Drew Holiday is a, <laughs> yeah, Drew Holiday is a, is a man. That dude can play, man. Yeah. That dude can play. Yeah. I, and, and he's, he's probably, if not the best individual backcourt defender in the league. All right. So, uh, we got three more questions for you. First off, random fact about yourself besides your obsession with Martin. <laughs> okay. Random facts? Yeah, just a random fact about yourself that n- nobody else would know about. <laughs> um, I am addicted to chocolate chip cookies. Literally. <laughs> My man. They're the right cookies, though. What's your brand? They, they have to be the right ones, though. They have to be the right ones. Not any chocolate chip cookie. They have to be the right chocolate chip cookies, though. But I love chocolate chip cookies and, and sweets. So, like, fruity candy, Skittles, and Starbursts, and that sort of thing. Ooh. Man, you're yes. in too good of a shape. We don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. But the thing is, I, 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 I eat like that, but I work out like crazy. Like, I keep, my wife tells me all the time, you know what, you should post our workouts because like when I tell you I go at 43 years old I work out really 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 hard because I want to eat what I want to eat when I want to eat it <laughs> I like that I like that mentality there we go I like that a lot all right this kind of transitions into uh, my next question all right so you're on the you're on the court you walk into a court and all of OKC media members are there you have to draft a pickup team what four media members are you taking to run the courts? Oh, man. <laughs> we know one. Uh, well, I mean, and they're you know, all going to okay, take I'm you. <laughs> they're all going to take I'm you. I'm definitely taking that. Royce. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely Royce. taking Royce because Royce told me he can hoop. He told me he can hoop. I'm not <laughs> sure. That. He told me he can hoop. Yeah, okay. I'm going to take Michael Cage. Yep. Take Michael Cage. Um... Man, this is the toughie. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Horn. Oh, Eric I'm gonna Horn. take Eric. Okay. I'm gonna take Eric Horn, and I'm gonna take Andrew. Andrew Select. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Nice. See that? And that's kind of. That'll be my surprise. See, that's kind of funny because before we started up Topic Thunder, I had my own podcast and I had Andrew on here and asked him the same question, and he neglected to mention you. Wow, drama. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Then we can play then we can play against, we can play against his team. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm yeah, I'm a, I'm a, uh I'm a, I'm a rock with Andrew. I'm a rock with Andrew. Yeah. All right. I don't know, man. Leslie seems like she could knock down a jumper. Yeah. Okay, don't get it twisted. Leslie can't hoop at all. And she will tell you the heartbeat. She was the manager on the sixth grade team because she didn't make the team. She will tell you that in a heartbeat. That is awesome. Hey, I got to mention, we had uh, Brady Trantham of, uh, of the franchise, Oklahoma, on our show, too. He also neglected to mention, uh-huh. but he, he had a good excuse. He said, you know, you know, uh, where you guys, I guess, they're down there as reporters and you're as the analyst, they don't get to see you as much. So I guess out of sight, out of mind. Right. But I definitely, every time I was like, you guys didn't pick Antonio Daniels. I mean, I feel like that's a no brainer. 
that's okay. That's all right. I, I, and I, it's not the first time I've never been picked. My ego yep. will be okay. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand, man. Hey, Antonio, thank you so much for coming on, man. Mm. Like this was this was a milestone. This was uh, a pipe dream that I never thought was going to happen. You know, I've been talking to you for a long time. I'm glad we finally got you on. It's just thank you for taking the time out to come on our podcast, man. Hey, for sure, fellas. Thank you. I appreciate all you guys' work all you guys' constant support, and all you guys' positive encouragement, man. It's awesome. Keep doing what y'all doing, fellas. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Andy. Thank you, And, guys, if you want to follow Antonio Daniels, you follow him at adaniels33. They're all following him already. (laughs) (laughs) And occasionally, you know, you you get to watch him eviscerate Colin Cowherd when he he comes on the herd. So (laughs) we all enjoy that. Yeah, Yeah, I kind of enjoy it, too. I enjoy it, too. That's our way for him. All right, Love Ed, it. we appreciate you coming on, man. Have a great night, man. Uh, I appreciate you, fellas. Have a blessed night, man. All right, All right. You too. Up. Thank you. All right. All right, guys, that was awesome. That was Antonio Daniels. We were extremely hyped to have him on. He did not disappoint. He gave us a lot of great content. Um, and you know, once again, just like super, super, super thank you to Antonio Daniels for coming on the podcast. Um, now for the disappointing part, um, I know you guys left some more Twitter questions and some questions on Reddit for Antonio Daniels, but newsflash, the dude has some kids. Uh, he's a father first and analyst second, so he had to jump off, uh, quicker than anticipated, but we completely understand that. So bear with us as we get to your Twitter questions and Reddit questions and try not to grovel in disappointment that we are not Antonio Daniels. This is also a quick reminder. If you do voicemails, you get priority. So if you had a voicemail with us, you're much more likely to get a question with Antonio Daniels. So lesson learned for next time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, not to not to put this aside, but we uh, we also lost Jerry during this (laughs) He, he's still alive he's still alive oh he died, don't, don't, he died. Don't he, he's still with us he died rest in peace. jerry so will not be on the rest of the podcast so for all you gerald amir fans um <laughs> just you gotta just stop now i guess stop the recording jerry will you're stuck with us hey man but isn't this so isn't this so cool because like i i think this is i don't know we've had we've had um brady trantham we've had fred katz We've had James Hollis at Snotty Drippin' on Twitter. We had Juice. We had, yeah, Juice Deason, who's a great comedian. And isn't it just so cool to, like, um, I, I think I can speak for all of us when I feel like we just know these people already because we've heard them talk so many times into our ears. but And, and we know more about them by infinite degrees than they know about us but then we're sitting here and they're actually responding to our questions and um any of you who were lucky enough to leave us a voice message that got responded to or a twitter question or whatever that got responded to by antonio daniels or any of these guests in the past like it feels so cool to have these people who are such gigantic figures in your sports listening tradition to to have them actually respond to the things you say i i don't know i just can't stop geeking out about that yeah like they they bless our eardrums with all kinds of great content and then you get to return the favor if you're an active listener and and engage with us uh you're gonna get put in front of 
you know, any and all of our guests. So um, thanks for the support there. But it's a uh, it's it's a really cool ride that we've been on. And it's crazy to think that it, you know, this is the first season. And I'm very excited about, you know, all the guests that we're going to have in the future. Yeah, for sure. And I think the the most exciting thing about it is just hearing the joy and the enthusiasm, the amusement um, and the enjoyment in their in our guest voices of the questions that we're asking of getting to talk to us about, you know, a shared interest in Thunder basketball. So, yeah, man, once again, thanks to AD. He crushed it, knocked it out of the park. It's going to be hard to top it, but daggone it, we're going to try. <laughs> Not not right now. I mean, with future guests, we 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 won't hold a candle to AD, but future guests, we'll try to top it. Uh, we do have one more voicemail. This one comes from Jet Dread Chapo. Yep. And this was for AD. And again, Dread Chapo. I'm sorry, but here it goes. You know who it is, man. It's the wavy wonder Dread Chapo from LA, California. Thank you for having me on Topic Thunder. I got a question for you, AD. In hindsight, oh, no. was the James Harden trade better for the Thunder, or did it hurt us? Thank you. We got Should a we crash and burn sound bite anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I don't. So, I mean, it's it, it's inarguable that it didn't help the Thunder. You know, like it. it you look at James Harden now. He. A lot of people think he should have won the MVP in Russ's MVP season. He did win it last season, and then he is the current front runner. I don't like, you know, he was the front runner until very recently, if nothing not else. According to AD, yeah. right? Not, not mm. according to AD. Not uh, even top two. I mean, I, I mean, look, the 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 Rockets came into the All Star break, one game up on the seven seed, two games up on the eight seed, three up on the out of the playoff seed. So like it, the the if 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 they drop below five or six, it's going to be really tough for him to come through with that. But the fact is, he's going to end up top three in the MVP voting for three seasons in a row. That is that's a player that a team does not get better from not having. You could debate whether or not he would have turned into that player with the Thunder, but I think the admirable thing is that even despite what we can all I think we can all admit that that was a mistake in hindsight. Like at the time, it made sense, but I think in hindsight, to trade away a player of that caliber is a mistake. Um, for the Thunder to have still been able to recover from that via getting Steven Adams in that trade, and additionally, um, also losing Kevin Durant for nothing, and the Thunder is still here as a contender. I think that's where we can just give credit to Sam Presti for still having us in this position, despite both of those things. So it sounds like you're saying Stephen Adams uh, was a mistake. Stephen Adams was not a mistake. Okay. Um, it, you know what? What's was, funny is when that trade was made, uh, it looked like we got that pick from the Raptors, right? right? And right. the Raptors had just recently dumped Rudy Gay, who was by all accounts, their best player. They were a terrible team, and they dumped their best player, and everybody thought, oh, this is going to be like a top three pick. But when they dumped Rudy Gay, they got better <laughs> and ended up with the 12th pick for the Thunder, which was worse than anybody thought that pick was going to be. And, 
you know, there's not like too many people ahead of Steven Adams in that draft that you would have yeah. taken. So maybe that all worked out for the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it would have been better if they ended up with the 13th pick, right? Was that Giannis? Yeah. Mm. I mean, technically, you're still on the table, so. We got a Kevin Durant guy, so that wouldn't have worked, right? At that time. I feel maybe. like you could have tried. Yeah. I would have. I would Giannis and KD. Harden, KD, Giannis. Oh my gosh! And some other center, yeah. Yeah, right. But like, so so let's add that, right? So let's add that to the fact that we had to trade James Harden for one reason or another for ownership, or he didn't want to stay, or he was out right. too late partying in Miami during the finals, or whatever the reason was. Um, KD left for nothing. Oh, and also we neglected to draft Giannis Antetokounmpo, and now we're sitting here with a contender. Like, yep. Way to go, Sam. <laughs> yep. Samuel Presti is my hero. Sam, Sam Finesti. All right. So getting into the Twitter questions, uh, we got a couple here from at Brandon Lloyd 33. Um, first of all, he said, what do you think of Felton's professionalism from playing hard all season to hitting six of seven shots? Oh, hardly playing. Sorry. Not playing hard. <laughs> hardly playing all season to hitting <laughs> six of seven shots and playing hard on defense. Um, and then, yeah, we'll get into his next question next. But what do you guys think about Felton? I think he's talking about the other night. Um, gosh, what team was it we played? But Felton came in off the Trailblazers. bench. He had six or seven point or six or seven shots. And like I said, he's playing hard on defense. And I, I was one of the guys on Twitter. I was like, Shooter's gonna miss tonight. We all know what that means. And I had about a hundred people chime in. Like, it's it's Thickum's time. <laughs> Are you down with the thickness? Oh my gosh. Oh nice. Every time we bring I, this up, you know it's gonna happen. Like <laughs> I, to, what is oh, wah! Oh, wah! get up. Come on, get down with the thickness. <laughs> and now we stop. Take me back to junior yeah. high. <laughs> if only y'all could see the video of us all just like banging our heads. I took one my shirt days, out. One of these days we need to release the videos of these on our Twitter page because some of these are gold. I love that. <laughs> all right, so get back to the original question about Rain of Felton. <laughs> yeah, Tyranny, you should take this, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Felton's your boy. He is. But, I mean, he's he's doing well after our reward system was in place. So, I mean, kudos kudos to him for... Wanting the Big Macs enough to to keep on keep on chugging, you know? What can I say? Is Tyranny crediting uh, Ray Felton's uh, resurgence of a game to his uh, McDonald's scale? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a casual. Well, mm-hmm. You said well, it. Look, before the before the season started, when we traded for Dennis Schroeder, I think I tweeted that I if Raymond Felton wants more playing time, I hope we trade him. Yeah. And I think he's even said like I'd prefer to play, but I, the the amount of leadership that he's providing the great quality he brings off the bench in a third string role it's better for the team that he isn't traded like i I would like it for him personally so he could go play somewhere but for the team it's better that he's our third string point guard and and that actually makes two players now uh you know with ad's we'll see if um markeith morris actually makes makes it onto the team thing right that makes that makes two 
solid NBA players that we have in third string positions on the roster. And I, I think that's really important for, for depth now, for, a, for now to make a playoff. I guess for now, Markeith Morris is allegedly signing. That's all we can say. Allegedly. Allegedly. Dum, dum, dum. All right. The other question that Brandon Wood 33 had was if PG doesn't win MVP, do you think he wins deep boy? Yes. And I'll just start by saying, why does he have to not win MVP to win deep boy? Why can't <laughs> the famous uh, taco commercial? Yeah. Why not both? <laughs> why don't we have both? Yay. Jordan did it. Okay. Oh, did, did it. Basically the same players. Yeah, right. Exactly. I will say that in uh, in Zach Lowe's most recent podcast, he sounds like he wants to vote for Paul George for MVP. Mm-hmm. And and although he uh, he was asked and when he was listing DPOY um, competitors, he forgot to mention Paul George. But then his guest, I think that was Dan Devine. I could be wrong. It could have been Arnovitz. I get them confused. He, one of them said, "Oh, you forgot about Paul George," and he was like, "Oh yeah, he's the front runner." So it was like, <laughs> it's like Good Bleacher Report, man. Yeah, they left out Paul George on the depoy. Sad. All right, this one comes from at Ian Mac two three four. I think this is one of Stevens' followers. Uh, says, "Are OKC fans concerned about Russ's shooting? He's been great overall." But I think for OKC to go far, he has to get back to the 43 to 44% range. That's a that's a small window for error there. You know, a whole 2%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, that would be ideal. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, we'd like him to shoot as high of a percentage as possible. Heck, it's not, not so much. Uh, right. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Right. 100%. Um, but the thing is, for me, it's not so much the percentage of shooting or even the necessarily the specific shots that he takes. It's when he takes them or like situationally dependent. And I think he's been, for his credit, I think he's been very solid uh, for most of the season, deferring to players when they're hot or not trying to take the game over when really it's not his game shooting. A lot of shooting percentages can be fickle, though, right? Like if you drive to the basket and there's a lot of contact and you miss the you miss the layup and the foul's not called, that looks bad on your your field goal percentage. If you get the foul called, you get to go to the free throw line and you get to shoot. Now, granted, I would like his free throw percentage to go up too, but a lot of that's fickle. I would just want him to uh, to stay aggressive attack the basket stay the facilitator he's we know what his role is i don't think i want to pigeonhole him into a certain percentage per se um it's just percentage or a situational dependent um shot selection i think is is the most important thing that i want out of him yeah and honestly i think that if the dude's locking in on defense like he has been um i mean Obviously, I care how he shoots, but I don't care how he shoots because mm-hmm. I think that's going to correct itself. I, I honestly do. Um, and, you know, the one thing about the defense is it's always been effort driven. And he's been given that effort thus far. So if he can continue giving that effort on defense, I don't think it 100% matters what he's shooting. Yeah. And this also ties into a Reddit question we had from John Marston. 
for Prez, Prez with a Z, uh, you know, as as super cool people do. Yeah, um, of course. Are you worried the Thunder will slack off defensively the more we figure out offensively, specifically from the, beyond the arc? And that's something we've seen recently, right, with the with the offense surging and at the same time the defense kind of collapsing a little bit. Remarkably, the offense has risen from, what, like 27th or 28th or whatever to 13th. Um, and the defense has only fallen from first to third. <laughs> the, that's how big of a lead our defense had on the rest of the league. So, um, what yeah, do you guys? Would, what do you guys think about that? Our our defense went through a period of time where we were almost like dead last, and it happened to coincide with the Noel injury, which I thought was interesting. But <laughs> the aside from that, I think that's kind of why. I think that period well, of time. Still, is it's why been I, bad. It's been really bad since. It's for like two months, and still we've yeah. only fallen to third. Which yeah, is we, it's definitely taken a, a hit, which I think has been intentional because it's like the team is now focusing on. I think it's clear they're focusing on shooting and offensive firepower now, and I think that's taken away from the time they work on defense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, still top five defense. I I'm fine with that as long as our offense does well. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, if if they keep playing defense the way they have been the last couple of months, we're not going to end up with a top five defense. But yeah. I think we should hope that they should um, both straighten out a little bit, I think, and hope that we can end up with the top three defense and, the, and a top ten offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another question we have from Twitter is from at trav underscore is underscore funny is he now he he says he is underscore um so so is this the best overall thunder team of all time making a lot of history and it has been a lot of fun basketball would it come down to this team versus 2012 Mm. and and i think before we get into it, we should also throw in the 2016 team yeah. into, into these, this top three discussion. What do you guys think? I was absolutely going to say I don't think it's the, the debate lies within 2012 versus this year. I think it's 2015-16 versus this year because, yeah, 2012 went farther, but that team was very young. Like They got to the finals before they were supposed to. Um, I feel like... 2016 absolutely was a more complete team, and if we didn't blow 3-1 lead to the Warriors, we probably have a banner in Chesapeake Energy Arena right now. Mm-hmm. If Clay Thompson doesn't go nuclear in Game Six, right? <sighs> yep. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of ifs in that scenario, but we look at that at that specific series, and that was what a 73 win Golden State team. Yep. Mm-hmm. The series beforehand, we took down, what, a 67-win San Antonio Spurs team? Mm-hmm. And, wow. and and that team that. was pretty loaded before, and that's what everybody said basically was the NBA Finals to begin with, was the, you know, the, the Spurs and the Warriors. And we, you know, had to go up against both of those teams in back-to-back series, and we were up 3-1. I think unless we put up a banner that doesn't say... Uh, Western Conference champs, uh, then we'll fall short of that that 15-16 team. Yeah, and, and throughout history, you can see that if a team has like greater than a nine-point net rating, then they basically win the championship every time. Um, 
there's only a few exceptions to that. One of them whom is the Thunder 12, 13 uh, team where Russ mm. got his knee busted. Beverly. Up, uh, by, by, Beverly. yeah, by Beverly. And then, um, one of the other two who didn't reach that plateau with that kind of net rating is, is those Spurs that the Thunder beat. They were up above nine. And then the Warriors, who were up above nine, the Thunder had a 3-1 advantage on. So I I think that was probably the best team we've seen yet. But I wonder um, how much of an impact which the which team was the best has on the Warriors now are just so good. You know, like we don't perceive this team as equal to that 16 team because the Warriors are so much better this year than they were that year. But it's possible that they're on the same level, you know, like if if this Thunder team were to go up against that Warriors team, I don't know, they could get a 3-1 lead if everything went right like they did in those first four games. <laughs> yeah, for sure, because that that Warriors team didn't have a certain Kevin Durant on their squad. So you could argue the team that exactly. we would be playing in the playoffs this year is actually better than that Warriors team in the past. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right. Well, we've got just a couple more questions to cover. Uh, this one is from Reddit user Under Siege with five C's in the name. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what taken. that was. <laughs> I didn't know what that was until Steven read it out loud. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. <clears throat> All right. Uh, 30 years from now, whose jerseys are hanging in the rafters? Bonus, how many banners? Mm. Westbrook. Durant. Westbrook. Uh, Durant. And Collison. I'm pretty sure Collison will be up there. Uh, how, how many years do you think, how many years would Paul George have to stick around to get his banner hung up? I mean, obviously, if we win a championship while he's here, it's it's getting yeah. hung. So, yeah. So. yeah. I think if he wins the MVP, he might get it hung. I, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. If Steven Adams he, stays his whole career, he's getting his banner. Yeah, out. yeah. What? So for Paul George, do you think if he doesn't opt into his uh, fourth year and go somewhere else, even if he wins an MVP? I mean, that's only like four years, three years. Honestly, my understanding is so. You remember um, when Brian Windhorst was freaking out because of the contract he signed about how oh, that doesn't maximize either his longevity or mm-hmm. his earning power mm-hmm. but then it came out after the fact that he actually could like sign an extension before his contract was up does it is anybody know what i'm what i'm talking about yeah i know the moment you're talking about uh, i think it was on the jump yeah but the, then it uh, turns out that he can actually through some cba loophole he can sign an extension like before his contract is up i don't expect Paul George to reach his fourth year option without having signed an extension. I think he, I think this was a clever way to like get himself some security while also allowing that he can um, reach that 10th year and get his max max extension. I, I expect him to sign an extension in this off season or the next off season and, mm. and prevent any of these questions. So I think he's going to probably get farther into his career with the thunder than people are assuming that he's going to like bolt to LA after this next one. I don't think that's going to ever come up. 
That's good to hear. <laughs> Do y'all think it's possible Paul George retires a Thunder? Ooh. How old is he now? 30? Uh, no, 27. 27? I, I think he's 27. My word. No, it's 28. Okay. Everybody Still, keep Google talking machine. and I'll, I'll Google it. Yeah. Well, if he's 27 or 28, I mean, that's he's probably got eight years, nine years at the most. So. I mean, if he signs an extension, then signs right, another contract. 28 since May. You, you right. got me by two months, Maddie. <laughs> nice. I don't Celebrate. stop him or anything, I promise. I'm going to go with an AD approach here and say that uh, until the pin is off on the paper, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen yet. Very nicely. I'm learning from the best. All right, so I'm hearing Nick Collison, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, or possibly Paul George, possibly Steven Adams. Yeah. Um, I'm on the, I, I say Paul George. I say okay. he ends up playing more than I, – I say he ends up playing eight years with the Thunder and being okay. a shoe-in. I think Steven Adams is a given at this point. I don't see him moving. Especially if he can continue to grow his game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, is it even a jersey and rafters if we don't have the MVP up there of the league? I mean, come on, Abdel Nader? Guys, he's not up there. There's riots in the streets. Can we can <laughs> we just can we just hang Presti's jersey up there? We should. I did a I did a whole research thing when I was writing my uh, one of my articles about trying to find what his art what his jersey number was when he played in college, and I couldn't find it. Uh, oh. So so I would just go with number one. Uh, I was just gonna put a dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> Scare money don't make none, babe. Yeah, that's that's like under his uh his name. Yeah, yeah. In quotation. <laughs> All right, our last question before we jump off here. This is from Reddit user Lasos Ten. Desirable slash undesirable matchups for the playoffs. What will it take to get to the Western Conference Finals and beyond? How far do you think this team goes? That's more than one question. Yeah, that was a misleading <laughs> ending. All the questions. I think. I think the teams I don't want to see, just because I'm wor- I'm a little worried, is I don't want to see the Jazz again. I'm just worried about them in the playoffs, even though we've... Man, I want them. I, I want do them. Too. I want them. Okay, I, I know why you want them, and I do too, because it's like revenge season and all that, but like... Wait, something is just, that season with an SZN? Yeah, SZN. Yes. Hashtag revenge season. Oh, okay. uh, but I worry I don't about, want that. I don't want them anymore. Never mind. <laughs> Just because it's SCN. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. I guess I convinced you. <laughs> but yeah, I I feel like they're a different team in the playoffs. Also, the Lakers, I feel like, would be a different team in the playoffs, even though people don't think they're going to make it. If LeBron gets to the playoffs, I'd be worried about that guy. So yes, I do not want Lakers. I think, honestly, I'd be fine with Rockets. Um and I mean, obviously that would, the be, that would be the most poetic matchup, right? If mm-hmm. if we get to the end of this season and the Rockets are in, say, the sixth seed with an MVP and the Thunder are saying the third MVP. seed with with a guy who is in the conversation for MVP, but didn't quite get it. If you have Rockets fans on Twitter saying, no, six seed is fine now that it's our guy. To yeah. with MVP and and, and stats are more important than winning. And then the Thunder catch them in the first round and oh, knock them man. out in say 
five or six games. Like that that would be the most poetic ending to the rocket season that could possibly happen because we're in a place where it, that's just such a such an obvious way for the season to end that would be great. And if we had a backup center that could come in and torch their starting center uh, <laughs> in a prime way like Nerlens Noel in prime condition, you might say. <laughs> yes. Not even his final form. Not in yeah. his final form. And who's the yeah. Rockets' backup point guard right now? Um, a forty-year-old homeless man. Yeah, it's is he better? Is he better or worse than uh, Samaj Christian? <laughs> you know, like uh, it, definitely the, not in his prime. I can tell you that. The 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 symmetry between this season and Russell Westbrook's MVP season would just be incredible. It would. And, and uh, you know, like, uh, it's really easy for Rockets fans to come off as hypocrites in this situation when everything is opposite. So I would just encourage Thunder fans out here to not be the ones who come off as hypocrites by, like, putting down the Harden season and saying the same things that Rockets fans were saying. They're in a tough spot with the timing. They're the second ones. So, like, let's let's take this opportunity to be the more impressive fans well i james harden oh go ahead uh, i was gonna say the only thing i would do is i would find tweets from 2016 from houston fans and just bring those back up just to kind of be like as long as you're not as long as you're not doing the same thing this year that's yeah admirable suit but i would just i would just do a couple retweets you know nothing just you know throw it out there and James Harden that year was not in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, so I just like to make that public service announcement now. Um, yeah, so another different. public service announcement: James Harden will never be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> just want to throw that out there. Unless he somehow gets the refs to figure out a way to give him steals or something, like he does a step back travel shot. All right, this next question, uh, well, our next two questions that we have from Mosastan, I think we can kind of combine um, in the, uh, I guess, the format of the question. And we'll just ask this. How far do you think the Thunder go? What is your prediction 50-ish games into the season? What do you all think the Thunder goes? Well, I think um, if we don't make the conference finals, everybody will be a little bit disappointed. You know, depending on how everything goes, I think that's kind of the the goal of this season. Um, considering that nobody really thinks we'll probably beat the Warriors this season, I think next year is the goal. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that's it. Conference Finals. Yeah, that's where I am. Yeah, um, especially with teams like you know the Nuggets, as great as they have been. They don't have a ton of playoff experience, and they don't have a lot of playoff experience playing together. I don't think it's going to hold them being the two seed moving forward. If if the Thunder are on the two seed line, if you will, then them making anything short of the Western Conference Finals is a letdown. I yeah. think I think if we met the Nuggets in the conference semifinals and lost, we would all feel disappointed that, about that. Would be very disappointing. Yeah. And also so, the Nuggets, the Nuggets aren't really built. Yeah, like what you said, Maddie. They they don't have like a playoff guy. Like Jokic is good, but he's not like a guy you could see just carrying a team to like the finals or the conference finals. So 
yeah, they just don't feel like a playoff team yet. And maybe that's, I should, probably shouldn't speak that into existence because I might come back to haunt me. But I don't know. They just don't feel like a team that's that much of a threat. I mean, would you would you take them to beat the Spurs or the Jazz yeah. in the opening round? Well, I, yeah, I would take them to beat them. But I think building on what um, Tierney said, even though they might not have a playoff guy, I think what last year may have taught Thunder fans is that even less important than having a quote-unquote playoff closer guy is not having a guy you can attack mm-hmm. you know and and the nuggets have maybe multiple of those guys right like you get into a series with the nuggets you're attacking Jokic on any switch yep you're attacking um any of their small guards be that murray or harris or um barton with any of our bigs that they get switched on to like they have guys we can attack, and we don't have guys they can attack anymore. If they, if they start attacking Schroeder, we just take Schroeder off the court. He's the only one that's like an option in that way. Uh, anybody else is like a solid defender across five positions, and that's the, the amazing thing about this team. Yeah, and a couple of things on, um, on, on what you just said is uh, the important thing for the Nuggets is up to this point, they haven't had a 100% healthy roster yet. Um, it seems like that is a possibility with the exception of Michael Porter Jr. Nobody really knows what's happening with him. But if they are able to get, you know, to full health before the playoffs, um, that, you know, <laughs> to take what Maddie just said, that's not even their final form. Like they could legitimately uh, be a problem. And, you know, we've we haven't beat them once this season yet. So that that's not a great. <laughs> we'll get them. Yeah, I, I, I believe so as well. Um, it's just it's discouraging at this point. Uh, but to to your point on uh, Schroeder about people being able to attack him, I feel like Schroeder kind of elevates his play in the defensive end um, depending on what matchup he has. Like I remember our uh, first game against the Warriors where Russ was back. Schroeder was mm. hounding Clay Thompson full court full court pressure on Clay Thompson, and he he wasn't giving him nothing. Like you know Clay. Clay's clay. He's going to clay. So, you know, that's going to happen no matter if you have Dennis Schroeder or Andre Robertson on him. But Schroeder was making him pay out there. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. But the, the issue would be if, if they start to target him to tr- force a switch mm-hmm. and, and get Gobert or Favors mm-hmm. or whoever onto him, then that's a problem. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. That's all, that's all I meant. Uh, and we, well, can, we, can, we can put it right back at him. Get get them on Schroeder and then Schroeder make them dance. Right. Well, and Schroeder, a guy that could hit that floater and the and you know with consistency, that that's like the staple of his offensive game. Mm-hmm. It's being able to hit that floater or make it look like he's going to do that and then hit him hit you back door for a, a, an alley oop lob. And we were kind of missing a little bit of that ability to attack Rudy Gobert and favors a little bit last year in the playoffs. So I think, you know, it's it's going to be which poison do you want to take more? You can get it on one end, but Schroeder's going to give it back to you on the other. And I think I think Schroeder's going to, you know, be able to get it with more regularity than he's going to give it up on the defensive end. But in I that mean, matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, in terms of prediction, I mean, I said this at the beginning. I'm not backing down, man. We're Finals are bust, man. We are, we are taking it this year. Ooh. I think, like AD said, man, like, you know, I said great minds think alike when he said it about the Warriors. There isn't a team in the NBA that's more equipped defensively mm-hmm. to counteract what the Warriors have offensively than the Oklahoma City Thunder has. And, I mean, I've said it a million times. The reason the Rockets was able to push the Warriors to seven games wasn't because the elevated offensive play of James Harden or Chris Paul or anybody out there like that, you know, that helped. But what it was was their defenders. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, beat a dead horse and say, well, they got rid of those defenders that made them so deadly. But what they got rid of, we picked up defensively. Our defense is even better now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we could give the Warriors some problems, especially if we're in the Western Conference Finals. I think the hunger, the desire of this team and the heart of this team is the driving force that would uh, push us over the top. And if we beat the Warriors, man, we ain't losing nobody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the heart and the desire and the chemistry. Uh you know, check out our last weekly for a long discussion about that. <laughs> <laughs> Insert plug here. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, hey, that was all the Twitter questions. That was all the Reddit questions. That was all the anchor questions. Thank you guys for all leaving those. Once again, when we have guests like this, if you want priority, download the anchor app, make an account, find Top of Thunder podcast, favorite our podcast, leave us a voice message, and you're pretty much guaranteed to be on the podcast. We can't say the same with Reddit and Twitter, um, but with Anchor, you have priority. Um, We want to thank you guys for listening. We once again want to thank Antonio Daniels for taking time out of his extremely busy schedule to come on the Top of Thunder podcast. We're internally Mm -hmm. grateful for him and hope Mm -hmm. to have him back on in the future. Um, If you guys liked having him on, definitely tweet at him. Be like, hey, thanks for coming on Top of Thunder. Remind uh, him to send a video to us about which shoe he uh, uh, puts on first. Left or right? Yeah, I don't know this information. Yes, question. breaking news. (laughs) Um, But once again, thank you guys for listening. Go ahead and follow us at Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. You can find our podcast at nowitsthunderbasketball.com. You can find our podcast. Subscribe to us on anywhere you listen to our podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever it is. Leave us a positive review and a five-star rating. We greatly appreciate that. That helps us with sponsors going forward. We've got a lot of great things in the works for you guys. Antonio Daniels is just a tip of the iceberg, and you guys don't want to miss out. So follow us, subscribe to us so you don't miss a beat. Um, for Stephen Dolan, Maddie Moles, Matt Tierney, Jerry Stevens, Antonio yes, Daniels, please. and myself, Dylan Hunsinger, um, we want to thank you guys for listening. Y'all have a great night. God bless. And don't forget, thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.